All right, press play. Off we go. It is finally here. This is uh, going to be a day to remember. Uh, this is a Thursday. We've been waiting for this Thursday for a long time because it means the United States of America will take on Mexico tonight. That will be at Azteca Stadium. I played in a couple of those. That's going to be the main theme of today. How is this game going to play out? How will the United States tackle the game that is, has always been a thorn in our side? And you know, it's, what's interesting is uh, there are so many different angles to this one. And it, whether both teams, whether you want to talk about form or injuries or, you know, whether they come limping into this game or not, it's always a special one. It is going to be a special, special night. We are at the Blue Wire Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the Win Hotel Resort Casino. Uh, absolute beautiful place to be in the world. Uh, I did have to come all the way from Summerlin today. God, I missed the days when I was living in the other house because I, I, was, I was only eight minutes away. But uh, I'm off to a crazy start. Got the kids to school. And uh, a little bit late. A little bit late. I actually wish we could do a, a, you know, a, a, a immediate reaction to uh, what happens or whatever happens uh, tonight uh, in, in the uh, World Cup qualification. Now, look, it, you know, let's, let's talk you through. The United States will have um, Mexico first. They have a quick turnaround where they will have to get their, uh, their butts down to Orlando and play. Uh, against Panama, and then they will have Costa Rica in Costa Rica to finish off. So there's a way home away. Everybody on Twitter, everybody wants to talk. How many points will the United States get in this last round, in these last three games? Because it's all, it's, it's, it's all riding on this. It's all come down to this. Uh, the current standings are Canada is in first with 25. Uh, right on their heels, the United States and Mexico with 21. Goal difference is the only thing separating the United States and Mexico at this very second. You know, when you look at it, you know, you have, you have Canada up there at the top was just with five consecutive green checks. Win, 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 win. The United States, not so good. They have win-loss, win-tie, win. Mexico, on the other hand, first time in a long time, you ever see two red X's as far as two consecutive losses for them, but they are uh, green check mark, tie. Well, green check mark, meaning win, tie, win. And then those, those couple of losses that came a, a couple of months back. Now, Panama is not in the greatest of form, but they are in fourth place with 17. And then Costa Rica with 16. Everybody else is pretty much out of it. El Salvador with nine. That's a valiant effort from Hugo Perez. A uh, wonderful man who's done wonderful things with, you know what, even though they didn't always get the results, you got to give it to El Salvador. They played brave. In all of the games, they played brave. They didn't come out and let the opposition just have the ball. They they tried to play. So uh, that was actually a, a joy to watch. Jamaica has been horrible, Honduras even worse. So when you got those, those five green check marks at the top with Canada, you've got five red X's in a row with Honduras, which really surprises me to be at this stage of the competition to see an Honduran team uh, that's that poor. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change. That trend will stay the same. But Jamaica was, was certainly a disappointment um, in this competition. But he, okay, so here we go. Let, let's, let's dive in. Um, looking at the roster, the current roster for the United States. And 
all of this speculation about how Greg Berhalter will handle this game is really been the topic that that uh, is, is has been thrown around, along with the idea of how many um, points will the United States accumulate in these three games. And this is the first time we don't hear people saying seven, nine, nine, seven. We're saying three, four, three, four. We're hoping for four. Four gets us in. And the reality is just one win could do it. One win right now could do it. And that's, uh, that's saying something. You know, Matt Turner's going to have to sit this one out. So it's between Stefan and Horvath. Uh, Giovanni Reyna comes back into the mix. And we all know Weston McKinney is out. You have a bunch of forwards who are not in form outside of Pifok, who, who is doing great things with young boys. But for some reason, he is uh, not always put in, in, the, in the light that, that you would think somebody who is, is scoring goals that can really help us right now would be. He just, he just isn't. Mark, Ricardo Pepe is in the middle of his, his drought. Um, and then there's a lot of people speculating that he plays tonight. And I actually think, you know, after I've rethought this 15 times, like everybody else, then why not? Why not? What the United States needs to do is they need to actually select the six or seven guys that we need, 1,000% that we need against Panama. And we need to protect them. That's, that's my take on this. I'm not going to try and prognosticate what's going to happen. I'm, I'm actually hoping for zeros, but I'm expecting a loss to the United States. Now, you know, with, with all that being said, I've spent the last couple of days, you know, just kind of reconvening with some of my old friends, some of ex-players uh, from the Mexican contingency, some agents, some, some people that I know really well, a lot of people from the Mexican-American community. And then, of course, uh, people that would know but that are on the inside. So I'll leave the names out of it, but it occurred to me today, talking to a really good friend of mine, that one of the, the, the major, major reasons why this is a completely different game is the fact that uh, when you go to Mexico, there, there is clearly going to be you know, some advantages or some disadvantages or some, some challenges, let's say. 7,200 feet up in the air, floating around in a cloud with some pretty bad uh, or not healthy uh, conditions as far as the air conditions concerned, or the not the air condition, the the, the condition of the air, <laughs> but well, you know what I mean. This this is not always an easy place to play. But this is what w- occurred to me today after about the third conversation. Is in, in you know when people start making those comparisons, or you ask guys like me, or you know I, I saw Steve Sharundalo gave a, an interesting interview yesterday, uh, and it it always comes to that point. It says you know, what was this game like or, or why was this such a challenge? And then we always allude to the idea that we got to go there and we're not acclimated and it's, it's a hard game because of the conditions. It, it, they are a detriment to the way you're going to play. And this is what I realized. In our day, you had, I would say, 60% of the team playing for Cruz Azul, playing for Pumas, and those guys, those guys live there. They played, they played for Club America. They were acclimated. They could fly, man. They could, they, this stuff didn't bother them at all to play at Azteca. They lived in Mexico City. This was, this was not a big deal. 
And even if you, you played in Guadalajara, if that was, you know, someone, um, you know, like Ramon Ramirez, I mean, that's still, you know, that's still elevation and Mexico. But the, the, it was 80 to 85% of these players were playing in Mexico. And back then, there was really no reason for them to leave. You had guys like Hermosillo and Luis, Luis Hernandez, uh, Luis Garcia, Zagi, uh, Delomo, Claudio Suarez, Ramon Ramirez. I think Garcia Aspe to me is still, I still, I still put my hand in my heart and say, God, that guy, that guy wore the shirt, man. And that guy was was a was a proud Mexican, and and you knew it. But it, the point is, is that there was no acclamation. They were ready, and it was an advantage. That is not the case anymore. You have Mexican players scattered all around Europe, so it's just as much of a disadvantage to them to be Jesus Corona to come back from Sevilla and try to play in Azteca. It's not easy. You got Funes Mori. I mean, that's, that's, you know, he's, he's at Monterey, so that's not the end of the world. But, you know, you guys like Raul. I mean, are you kidding me? This is not, this is not going to be an easy trip. It's not the same. You know, the left back place for, for Genk in, in, in Belgium. They, they, it's a long trip. They, they, for the first time, the Mexicans have to travel and acclimate. It levels the, the, the playing ground. It really does. It makes it, it doesn't, it's never going to make it easier on you, but it, it makes it easier on you in the sense that they're struggling as well. And that's why they've struggled when it comes to some of these games. You know, I, and, and this is, you know, in talking to ex teammates and whatnot, I mean, some, a couple of us have actually said out loud this is the worst Mexican team we've seen in two decades, three decades. It's, some of us are saying it's the worst Mexican team we've seen ever. I don't know if that's true, but you look at the results and you, and you look at how, that, how this has been going for Mexico. They're very fortunate to get out, get out of their, uh, their last game against Panama, which will be one of our opponents. That was on February 2nd, not too long ago. The United States got to beat up on Honduras because everybody else does, but Mexico struggled with Panama. And for that very reason, that they had guys coming back. It was a very even game. It was decided, unfortunately, uh, on a penalty kick. Uh, in the 80th minute, I think Raul uh, Jimenez put it away. And if you watch the game, it, it looked slow at times. It looked disjointed. It, 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 you could see the struggles of the Mexican team. And I attribute that 1,000% to the fact that that's a tough trip for some of these guys. It just is. You know, I think this, you know, like, well, let me give you an example. I think I tried to mention him a second ago. Um, the name is escaping me. Artiga, I think. I, maybe I'm saying it wrong. A-R-T-E-A-G-A, Artega, I guess. You know, he's a young kid, but, but that's a that, great talent. Great talent. But he's, he's coming all the way from Belgium. And, and he struggled in that game. And that's, that, that's what can happen. So if, if you're, well, I look at it, it, you know, look at another, let me give you another example. Um, because there's a couple, there's a couple of guys and not just Herrera. Herrera is getting, you know, he's, talking, he's on the accelerated aging program. 
I'm watching that guy like fall apart, like the tails of the crypt right in front of us. And he's going to play for Houston. I don't know if that was a good idea. But Lozano, okay, um, Lozano is another example. This guy plays for PSV. So it's not like these guys just, you know, they, hey, we got a qualifier. We're going to play against the U.S. You know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take a cab. I'll, I'll meet you at the hotel. No, you got to take a cab to a plane, to a train, to a, I mean, it's a long trip. It's 11 hours to get there. It's different now. It's different. And, but watching them struggle and thinking, wow, these guys aren't that good. That's what people thought of us when we had to go play in Azteca. Because they're actually, for the first time, having to deal with the elements themselves. And I used to watch uh, Benjamin uh, Galindo. And, and this, is a, this is a guy that's 36 years old. And he's just jogging around in the midfield and making a couple of quick movements and spraying the ball all over the place. And he was moving faster than we were. And he was 36. Because he was at home. And it was a home game with a home field advantage for Mexico. That might not be the case anymore. So, I mean, I, I, when we sit here and we try and figure out, you know, how this is all going to go for us, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be an interesting game. I mean, it's, it's, let me get, let's, it's just a different deal now. You know, looking at, um, uh, Gordado. Gordado's got to come home. Where the hell he is? He's still in Spain. It's a different animal. It is a different animal, especially with uh, Gordado. I mean, he's he's 35 years old. It's no longer the case where you, you wake up, you have some breakfast, you say, hey, honey, I got to go uh, join the team. Uh, I'll call you later tonight. Or maybe we can meet for a coffee in the city. Uh, we have a qualifier in a couple of days. No, it's, it's um, hey, did I pack my bags? Did I get everything? I got to leave today because I'm going to be traveling for the next two days to get to a game with a two-day turnaround. And I'm 35 years old. That's a different world. You can criticize Tata Martino all you want, but it's a different animal now. It's a different animal. And the United States, as, as much as I'd like to say that this is still going to be uh, an, an incredible challenge, it's just not going to be as hard as it used to. Now, who do we pick? Who do we play? I think we pick the guys that are expendable. I, I had said this before, and I'll say it again. That's a terrible thing to say, but pick your seven, eight guys that you really need, really need when we get to uh, Orlando. And then let's, let's go with the runners tonight. Let's go with the guys that can, that can just put enough pressure on them, keep them busy, Get some set pieces. Maybe we get something off of that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vegas. I got a crew of people saying hi outside the window. Again, there's a huge window in this uh, studio. Uh, I, I get the, uh, uh, the luxury of just watching, watching the, uh, the show walk, walk past. And yeah, it's, it, you know, it's last week with uh, March Madness. It, it, it got a little crazy. It looks like it's calmed down quite a bit when it comes to the basketball. But I mean, Super Bowl weekends is, is tremendous as well. But it's just, you know, it's, it's cool people. This is a great place to come if you're going to be in Vegas. Uh, a lot of great restaurants. Uh, I, I'm, I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. Usually, 
usually we, we have lunch after the show and I, I, I kind of arrange my schedule around the podcast where I, I have a lunch date, if you will, or a lunch uh, meeting. And I, most of the time I do a lot of my academy stuff and, and we kind of sit there and, and, uh, and go through all that. But, but last week I couldn't do it simply because of uh, March Madness. It was just impossible. There's another gang of great looking people. Everybody's waving today. It's really nice. It's nice. It's nice to get the wave. Now, uh, here's, here's what I do want to uh, talk about. And, and this is not me being, you know, the, you know, the devil's advocate here, but let's just, cause I, I've, I've mentioned this several times on Twitter. What I chose to do is I didn't want to talk to the bookmakers. I don't, I don't want to talk to those guys, but it is amazing. It truly is amazing in Las Vegas. We always wonder, especially with the football games, the NFL, they, they've got that stuff figured out. And, and, and when they try to, 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 you know, get the over under or whatever their predictions are, it's amazing how many times they are almost spot on as far as the, the total points scored and who wins the game and how many people lose if, and, and, and are sitting there with that ticket saying, oh my God, if they only would have kicked a field goal. And some, somehow in there, you believe that there's these people that, that actually knew what was going to happen. It's, it's, it's annoying as hell. So I started talking to these probability uh, forecasters. Now, th this is different. This is different than laying odds. They, these are actual real numbers that don't really factor in certain things. They are just the probability of, of an outcome. And their criteria, uh, very different, uh, the, the things that, that it equate. They do look at weather. They do look, look at, uh, at a, whole, a whole slew of things when it comes to games. But they have to get very specific to one event. And then it becomes, it, 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 you know, when you look at how they accumulate the data and, and how they spit out a number, it's pretty amazing. The probability of the United States winning tonight is 9.8%. Less than 10%. Now, it, 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 if those numbers are real, and that's, and that's actually something that we can hang our hat on, man, if, if you're a fan of the United States, go make a bet on that. I don't know what the odds are. I haven't even looked yet. But this probability stuff is really interesting. They, they actually really, to, to, to the man, will... will will have different versions of it. It's like this floating number. And it really depends on who plays and who doesn't play. Injuries, they, they factor it all in. Amazing stuff. But to know that people that actually are, are paid to accumulate the information uh, to try to prognosticate what's going to happen, don't believe that we've got, we got a 90% chance of failure tonight. That's not good. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's not failure because I think it's 20 seven or 28% that we will tie the game. That seems low, right? That seems low. You would think it would be somewhere, you know, but, but these are real, real, real numbers that, uh, well, they, at least they have their algorithm of, of how they, they, uh, they believe it, 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 it will go. Now here, let me, let, let's just talk through tonight's game. This is a Jamaica's playing against El Salvador. Who cares? Panama, as it would be, are at home and they get Honduras. Now, why does that bother us? Why does it bother us? Because in the event that we lose, they will be one point behind the United States. Now, if you, if you, if let's just go with that, okay? The top four teams are Canada, United States, Mexico, Panama, okay? 
U.S. loses to, let's just say the U.S. loses to Mexico. Mexico catapults past the United States to be one point behind Canada at that point. Panama beats the worst team in this competition, and now they have 20 points, so they're one point behind us going into our game. That's scary to me. And it's all contingent on what happens with Costa Rica and Canada. Because it's, it's very clear, Canada is, is, they're in this thing, right? But Costa Rica is at home. Canada has to make that trip. And then a quick trip over or back to Canada to play against Jamaica. So it's not really about the points to me. But what's, what, what, what is frightening is that if in the event that Costa Rica were to somehow scrounge out a, a victory against Canada tonight, this thing gets turned on its head. Because their next game is against El Salvador. And if, if, if Costa Rica were to get some sort of result tonight and the United States would fail against Mexico, this is going to look really scary. Now, I've, I've seen all of the, the, the uh, doomsday articles. Even Alexi Lawless wrote one. But what that would mean is that Canada would stay at 25. Mexico would go to 24. The United States would stay at 21 with Panama with 20 right on their heels and Costa Rica with 19 going into a game that they will win to send them to 22, which would be more points than we have. Now, in the event that the United States should tie against Canada and Costa Rica should win both of these games, I'm going to say it now. If that scenario that plays out, we're sitting this World Cup out because it has been, I think, 17 unsuccessful trips down to Saprissa for the United States, and we've never won. Let me say that again. The United States has never won an international football match in Costa Rica. We beat them a bunch of times on, on, uh, on uh, our soil. But never there. I would hate to see it get to that point. So what, what this means is the United States, under all circumstances, it, it, it's not, well, let's just see how Mexico goes. No, under all circumstances, the United States has to get three points against Panama. It is a necessity. There's, this, that's, there's no other way to put it. Because that would eliminate... Panama. They can't catch us, right? If we've got 24 and they've got 20. They can't catch us. And that means qualification. Making sense here? All right. Well, look, if, I don't know where you're watching this thing, but uh, I am um, I'm probably going to go to Hennessy's tonight. That sounds like something I might do. I've seen this from the uh, the outlaws. They've they've invited me a couple times. I got to see some of my old friends from Lucy Fuerza um, at the uh, uh, Legends game last night. The Las Vegas Legends had their game against the uh, Park City uh, Red Wolves, which is a USL one team. This was the Open Cup last night. 
uh, that we tried to clear that up, uh, that I am not the coach of the team. Um, wishing uh, Mayor Cohen a happy birthday today. He is the uh, owner-operator of the Legends. Uh, from 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 my vantage point last night, man, it looked like he was coaching the team with uh, Jose Rivera last night. We call him Mago, which means magic in Spanish, if you didn't know. A 3-2 victory. Um, got a little squirrely at the end. They had a 3-0 uh, lead, but they... Um, they were able to to power through, and uh, they will play against New Mexico uh, on April 5th, so essentially two weeks' time. Well, less than two weeks, of course. That's, what, 12 days, which will be, uh, will, will be a fantastic experience for those boys. Uh, some pretty good goals last night. A very entertaining game. Pretty good crowd, too. But my boys at Lucy Fuerza, they, they have invited me to Hennessy's, and I might indulge in that. I am wearing my Calafino shirt today, which is uh, my new favorite tequila. And I'm, I'm fairly sure that I'm going to uh, indulge tonight. I think I'm going to need it. I, I, you know, if you look at how, you know, how this is playing out, I don't remember uh, us being this nervy. I mean, I, don't even, I think we're more nervy now than we were going into the Trinidad game in which we were eliminated. I just don't think anybody thought that we were going to get going down to uh, Port of Spain and then lose that game. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. And the game, that game got squirrely on us in a hurry. We had our own goal or a deflection on, you know, Omar Gonzalez. He's still trying to, trying to forget that. Never will. But that was an odd game. You know, this, this one is going to be just a lot of people on the edge of their seat. And I, you know, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. I played it. I, I, I played in that game. So I, one of the things that that I, I used to say to my parents is, you know, my my mother was always fascinated by this. She goes, "You always seem so so unaffected by these things when we're watching you on TV, and you're kind of just you're so into what you're doing. It's just, and, and we're sitting here at home freaking out. And that's just the simple logic of when you can actually control the controllables, when you are actually in control of your own destiny." I'd much rather be in that spot than sitting back and watching this team try to get a victory and or get a result tonight. One, because I kind of know what they're going through. And then two, I'm not all the way there trusting them that they're going to figure it out. And I just, I just, if if I'm, if I'm going to predict anything, I I think unfortunately what I'm most worried about is the fact that we're going to come out of this game with an unfortunate injury. And, and that could be a shock to the system. But at the same time, it really is a, an opportunity. And I would, I would suggest that, that Greg Berhalter do just this, is in the event that we go into this game limping, or the, the Panama game limping because we mismanaged the first game, that's, you, you just need to galvanize the group and get them going. And it needs to be about all energy. Just go after it and get, get the victory against Panama. But don't hang your hat on Mexico. God, I mean, it's such a horrible trip. You go down there, they're going to turn the uh, the alarm off or on. They've already done that. That last night, um, well, our players were sleeping. I'm sure there's some people down that you know, just outside the hotel with the with the horns and the and the drums. And then at some point, you put the headphone, you put the uh, earplugs in because you know the alarm's going off. Hopefully the security is better and that doesn't happen. But man, every damn trip I was down there. 
We we didn't even get out of bed anymore. We didn't even bother. We just were like, yep, they're, they're going to put, you know. And then, you know, if, you, if, if you're just like there on business, you're in Mexico City, you're staying in that hotel, you're thinking, oh my God, the building's on fire. There was zero panic in us. We were like, yeah, all right, here we go. Fire alarm, shocker. Uh, so it's all about, it's about uh, getting yourself prepared mentally tonight. But I mean, I guess, I guess what people are, are thinking is I mentioned it earlier and, and I'm just thinking out loud right now. Who are those seven guys? If we really are going to say, who are the seven guys that we need in, in Orlando against Panama in four days time? Who are they? That's really the question that Greg Berhalter is asking himself. There's going to be a little overlap, but I, I think it's almost, an, it, on this particular case, it's almost an impossibility to ask anybody outside of a goalkeeper to play the duration two games in a row. Who can handle it? Who can't? I don't know. They know this stuff. That's the, that's the good news. The good news is, is they are staring down a bunch of uh, computer readouts of, of what their body is feeling, how they are reacting. And can, can they handle uh, what's about to happen? Is that, is that's taking the field and playing in a game where it's going to be, uh, I guess, the most, well, not the most unpleasant, but certainly not pleasant conditions. It's not going to be easy. But they know the information. They know who's ready as far as, as physiologically. Form, that's a completely different deal. That's a completely different deal. And, and having the idea that we're going to go out there and press them um, certainly wouldn't be on in, in my, uh, my bag of tricks if I was Greg Berhalter. I would certainly be trying to figure out how can I slow this thing down? How can we waste time? How do we get set pieces in the, in the far end? How do we you know, disallow our guys from, from going in on silly tackles? Don't get caught up in the crowd. Don't get caught up with the referee. Keep a smile on your face. I think it was the last game for Mexico where I, I looked smart because I said, all right, let's just get this over with and call the penalty in the 80th minute so they can give them their victory. And, and, and people say, oh, you know, this thing is fixed. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not. What happens to the human body in those scenarios when you get near the end of the game, it's, it's, it's an out-of-body experience. You are spinning if you're not used to that. At least that's what my body was experiencing. I was so happy to see my number go up. And we brought in Chris Henderson, who, who could run all day. Part of me was like, why hasn't he been in sooner? But you know, let's, let's, let's remember, we used to have guys like Frankie Hayduke. Frankie Hayduke was a freak of nature. That guy could run all day. It would be such a blessing to have someone like him right now. Because we, we don't really have that in this group. But I do think like, that's going back to that, that idea of, of, of expendables, if you will. I like the idea of De La Torre getting a game tonight for, for so many reasons, so many reasons, but it's not that it's not a throwaway game. And I don't want people to think that I'm saying that. However, if we get anything out of this, if we get one point out of this, that is such a massive, massive achievement. And I really am hoping for that. That's what I'm rooting, I'm rooting for. I'm always rooting for a win, but I just know how hard it is. 
mean, over and over again on Twitter, we're going to have to see Michael Bradley steals the ball and chips it from 40. And, and well, the most amazing goal of all time. It really isn't something to, you know, put a whole plan around. And that's, that's how we got a result last time is that we, we had, a, had a good moment. And Michael basically said on most occasions, you know, if you're not, if you're, if you're at Columbus or you're in New York or LA and, and you pick up the ball in that part of the field, you're thinking, let's dribble, let's get in. The one thing that I do know when you play in Azteca is, is when you see, you know, 30, 40 yards of grass in front of you, you're still looking to pass. Your lungs are like trying to collapse on you. It's just, uh, you play differently. You play differently and you got to play smarter. So it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. All right. Well, listen, you can hit me on Twitter, Eric Winaldum, um, at Eric Winaldum with a little blue check mark. Uh, I do love to uh, to to get your opinions. Uh, I I might fight with you, or just disagree with you. I, I think I had to go at somebody yesterday, uh, but I will be sending out some uh, as soon as I get the lineup. Uh, you can check it out on Twitter, and then I'll basically I do this all the time. So even though I'm telling you now, we're in the evergreen world of the podcast. Uh, in the event that the United States is playing a big game, you can always, always on top of always. Uh, rely on me giving you the pregame after I've seen the lineup and a halftime assessment and a postgame rant, which, you know, sometimes is, is, is a happy one. And other times it's, uh, you know, it's the, the Taylor Twelman, what are we doing? Let's just hope we don't get there. Let's hope for a point. Let's get the, the three points against Panama and take a nice trip down to Costa Rica where regardless of, of, of the result, we'll know we're already in. And we'll just call it a day. And that would be certainly a success story. And it would certainly be a lot better than the last go around where we had to sit it out. Don't want to sit this one out is the key. That is it for me today. Uh, For all of you out there, continue to be good human beings. Um, Enjoy the game. Of course, the next podcast will be uh, reacts from from two games, not not just the one. So I will be reacting from... Uh, the Mexico game, which is tonight in Panama, which is on Sunday. Uh, and then you'll hear me then. In the meantime, be good hum- human beings out there. Take care of each other. Respect and love each other. And you might be just okay. All right. We'll hear you next time.